This incident occurred a few years ago. It was a typical dull night in the suburbs of England, and myself and my best friend decided to go to a nightclub a few towns over. There was really nothing else to do at that time. As per usual, we had a few too many drinks, and by the end of the night, neither of us knew our arse from our elbow. A very smart state to be in for two 20-year-old petite gals out alone. Anyway, my friend made very good friends with some guy that night. I myself was really upset about a relationship gone wrong and not in the mood for hooking up with some random dude from a bar. However, we stuck together more or less for most of the night, the perpetual third wheel. By 3am, the club had to close their doors. And with no trains running and no money to fund my own taxi home, I agreed to split a taxi with my friend and her new acquaintance. We clamber into the first one we see at the taxi rank, stupidly not checking if it's a company we recognize or even a licensed one. The ride begins without hitch. We discuss sleeping arrangements for the night. I live a 15 minute walk from my friend and... Though she offers me the sofa, I insist I can walk home from her house without any trouble. Another idiotic assumption. But I was tired, upset, drunk, and just wanted to wake up in my own bed. We get to her house, pay the driver, and huddle on her porch for a quick smoke. As I say bye and start walking home, I realize the taxi driver is idling in the street a few houses down. I shrug it off, believing he's either checking his GPS or taking a call for another ride. As I walk by, however, the window quickly winds down. Hey, darling, he calls. I jump and nervously wave a weak hello to him. You say you live very near, right? I give you a ride for free. I politely decline and say I'm fine to walk, but he starts insisting. No! A girl like you would not walk alone at this time. Please. You say you live near. Please, I give for free. Cautionary tales briefly flicker through my mind. But in my exhausted and inebriated state, I thank him and approach the taxi. Perhaps he's very generous and a thoughtful taxi driver. Another stupid decision. As I go to open the back doors, he tells me to sit in the front because it's more comfortable. More room up here. And yes, I foolishly, foolishly took my seat next to his. I tell him my address, and the ride again begins innocently enough for a minute. The route to my house should be simple enough after all. But before I know it, he suddenly veers into a small side street that goes in the complete opposite direction. At this point... My palms descend into full-on sweat mode, and my heart starts to beat like a bongo. I tell him that I don't think he's going the right way. No response. I then demand much more firmly to know where we're going, but my voice seems like a squeak. To my surprise, though, he then slows the car down to a halt. But it's then I hear the audible click of the car lock. If I gave him an ounce of credit before, it's all wiped out by now, and my mind and body are obviously telling me that I'm in big danger. He looks at me much too thoughtfully. Look at you. You're so sad. 
but so beautiful. Why is this? Your friend, she leave you, yes? That boy with her? He doesn't choose you? He doesn't choose you over her? At this point, I am completely frozen in my seat. I've never been so completely frozen through fear. An irrational thought is not in my mind. He continues, You're too sexy to go home alone. I'll take you back with me. I appreciate you. Not like him. You're too sexy. I sat a few frozen seconds more, then suddenly heard a fuck off come from somewhere in my voice, still in my seat. He then slyly tells me, Okay, okay. I'll let you off if you kiss me like a good girl. At this moment, he quickly slides his hand between my legs and leans forward. And it's now that I finally scramble for the door lock. He very suddenly turns back and starts to car up. But luckily, due to the slow starting pace, I'm able to open the door and stumble out into the road. I sprinted for my life down the road and wound my way around a few side roads that I knew before I hid behind some industrial bins. I eventually stumbled home, massively shaken up. It was a terrifying realization on how violations can arise when you least expect it. So, creepy taxi dude, let's not meet again. Everybody, please try your best to pre-book a taxi, or at the very least, check their license and note down their plate. I had just gotten off the plane, but it was late so my friend couldn't pick me up. I didn't have much money, but I had just downloaded Lyft and I had my first ride free, so I decided to go ahead and use it. My phone was dying so I put it up and didn't even bother checking who the driver would be. I waited until I saw an old red van with the pink mustache drive up and park near me. The van looked a little weird. There was dirt and some mud on the side of the van, and the mustache was kind of tilted to one side. I wonder if this was some kind of joke. I'd heard Lyft drivers could be eccentric types, so I figured this guy must have gotten off on being totally creepy. I opened the passenger side door and motioned for him to open the back of his van so I can put my luggage up. Oh, I got those for you, he said, stuttering enthusiastically. I tried to check my phone and make sure this was my driver, but my phone had died. I grabbed my bags and loaded them into the back and sat down for the long ride. My friend lived a good 60 or 80 miles away from the airport, so I knew this would take a little while. The guy got in the driver's seat and started off. When I tell you this guy's ride was a little off, I'm not kidding. There was this really weird smell in the car. Kind of like something really sweet, but it also smelled kind of musty. I don't know. It was a weird smell, and there was this radio station he was listening to. It was playing standards from, I think, the 1930s or 1940s. Just a fuzzed-out, crackling radio station full of lo-fi songs. The guy himself was massive, hulking, and must have been six feet and seven inches tall. And he wore this old army jacket and some gray cargoes. He had long stringy hair on the sides, but the top of his head was kind of balding. His nails looked dirty. I could see them as he clenched the wheel tightly. Every time we go under a street lamp, 
the greasy, dirty nail shines in an orange glow. He was pretty scraggly, and I was always under the assumption that lift drivers were harmless, artsy, urban types. This guy didn't strike me as artsy. We drove for a few minutes before he took an unexpected turn into an empty road that led into the woods. I knew this wasn't the best way to my friend's house, so it perplexed me that he took this route. Hey, this isn't... No, 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 it's it's alright. I don't know, know a better way, he said, cutting me off prematurely. I raised an eyebrow at him, but he just looked ahead. I turned my head and settled into my chair. It was a little weird, but he was a driver. He had to know where he was going, right? We drove down an empty stretch of road. I could see the dead trees stretching out into the night sky like spider legs. It was one of those nights where the moon was heavily obscured by gloomy clouds. The lane lines were old and faded, and the road itself was cracked from years of neglect. I couldn't see much beyond the headlights that illuminated the road. He was quiet, awkwardly so. I figured I should speak to him since we were going to be traveling together for a while. How long have you been doing this? I said, my eyes still ahead of me. No, 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 not long, he responded, turning to me to flash a crooked yellow smile. I smiled back uncomfortably. I didn't have much else to say, so I started to fidget with my hands. We drove for a little while down the road, and then I noticed him taking a turn into a dirt road. I was starting to get nervous and a little angry. Hey, this isn't... Don't don't worry about it. I don't know, know, know what I'm do, do, doing. Interrupted firmly. My stomach was starting to turn. What the fuck was this guy doing? Where the fuck was he taking me? We turned off into a stretch of bumpy dirt road. You look l- like scary movies? He said to me as we popped up and down the ruddy path. I guess. I responded uncomfortably. I look l- like the really violent ones. He said keenly. Yeah, I said, my voice crackling with the slightest hint of fear. Me too. You are afraid of dying? I looked at him, my face now pale, my hands sweating, and my stomach curling into itself. I don't know. I never thought about it. He laughed at this. He laughed and just kept looking ahead. I felt this dense mass in my throat and swallowed tensely. Bet you and I would be good friends if we knew each other, he said. He never once glanced over at me. He had this twisted smile on his face and he just looked ahead at the road the whole time. Don't you think so? Yeah, I bet we would. I squirmed awkwardly in my chair. Where are we going? It's my, my, my secret, he said. His face still dressed in a distorted smile. I started to sweat. I was scared. I was genuinely terrified. I would have started yelling at him, fighting him. But something inside me said to stay calm. That or I was in such a state of disbelief, I didn't know how to react. I heard something move violently behind me. I watched him, studied him with one eye carefully, before I slowly turned my head to look into the back of the van. That's when I saw it. There was a large stained burlap sack sitting in the floor not far behind me. In the darkness, I noticed there was a pull of some kind of black fluid underneath the sack.
I watched it for a second in disbelief. This wasn't happening. Was that a body back there? Was that blood? The bag then lurched forward, rolling across the shaky floor like someone was moving inside of it. But it made this growling sound when it did. I turned back towards the front of the vehicle. I was gasping for air. And then I noticed out of the corner of my eye, the driver was looking at me. He had turned his head and was smiling at me. He then pulled out of the rough stretch of road and I noticed we were on my friend's block. He pulled up to my friend's house and went and fetched my bags and handed them to me. He waved goodbye as he got back into the driver's seat and drove off. I stood at the curb, staring at the van as it faded into the distance. I was in shock. I walked to my friend's door and he greeted me. I was pale and out of breath, so he asked me what happened, but I wasn't quite sure what had just happened. I went inside, sat down, and told him about the ordeal. When I went and plugged in my phone, I checked my messages. I had a few missed calls from the Lyft driver I had originally scheduled. Apparently he waited for me at the airport for about 15 minutes before leaving. When I saw his picture, I realized it wasn't the same man that drove me. I tried looking into the strange driver, but I couldn't find anything about him. I had a lot of questions after that night, but one thing I knew for sure, I would never use Lyft again. This is a story from a few years ago when I was about 19 or 20. I lived with my then boyfriend in an apartment inside of a converted Victorian house. It was about a two mile walk from the city center to the road we lived on. So one evening we'd been out having a few beers with friends after work and decided to head home just after midnight. By this time there were no buses or trains running so we decided to walk as we were together and the walk didn't take us all that long. As we were walking up one of the main roads, we had an argument. I vaguely remember it revolving around him putting me down in front of his friends and making me feel like an idiot. Anyway, he got pissed and stormed off ahead of me. I was angry myself so I didn't rush to keep pace with him. He disappeared around a corner and as I reached it and looked for him, he was nowhere to be seen. I stood there for about two minutes wondering if he was fucking with me before realizing he'd taken an alternate route home. From this point, there was about five or so streets he could have gone down. Rather than look for him, I decided to stick to the main road as it was the busiest and continued to walk until I could flag a cab. About five minutes later, I heard the distinct rumbling of a black cab and stuck out my arm to signal the driver. I climb into the back, and the driver turns around to ask me where I'm headed. He was mid-late 20s and quite attractive. I smiled and told him my destination. We head off and he's asking why I'm out so late on my own. I tell him a watered-down version of the night's events, and he tuts, saying he doesn't understand how my boyfriend could leave such a pretty girl alone at this time. And didn't he know there were weirdos everywhere? Now, 
This didn't strike me as odd. It was the truth and not something I hadn't heard before, so I sort of chuckled and made an offhand joke about how maybe I was one of the weird ones. It was only a short drive from where the cab picked me up, and we were on my street within ten minutes. We shared some banter and he seemed like a decent and honest guy. I asked him to stop outside my apartment, and as I'm fishing for money, I hear his door open. As I look up, he opens my door and I think, that's sweet, he's holding the door for me. Nope. He climbs into the back with me and sits down beside me on the seat, so close that his thighs pressed against mine. I hear the locks click into place. Fully not expecting this, I just look at him dumbfounded. His hand slides across and starts to slowly stroke my thigh, as he tells me my boyfriend doesn't know how good he has it and he should take better care of me. I laugh awkwardly and push his hand away as I say I'm perfectly capable of taking care of myself. He leans in and brushes my hair away from my neck and whispers, How about we make a deal? You don't have to pay for the cab if you... The sound of his jean zipper fills the cab as he continues to stroke down the side of my neck and across my shoulder. I'm like a deer caught in the headlights at that point. I didn't have a clue what to do or how to get out of this situation. He's telling me I'm beautiful and trying to guide my hands towards his open zipper. I yank my hand away and ask what the fuck he's doing. He croons to me that I don't need to worry about the cab fare and he knows I want to. I scoot to the far side of the seat and ask him to let me out. He laughs and tells me not to be silly, it'll be fun. I still have one hand in my bag, and I clasp my hand around a hardback book in there that I'd taken into work to read on my lunch. I pull it out and tell him to let me out, or I'm gonna smash the window, or scream and make sure everyone on the street hears me. His smile freezes, and he's unsure what to do. I tell him there's no way he will get off the street without being seen unless he lets me out. To clarify, Black cabs in the UK have a divide between a front and back compartment. To get out and drive off, he'd have to get out and unlock his own door to get back in. This was not what he was expecting. I can see it. He thought he picked up some delicate little girl who was upset after arguing with their boyfriend, who he can take advantage of. Hmm. Think again, buddy. Let me out or I'm gonna smash the crap out of your cab. With a resigned look, he unlocks the door and I climb out one door as he gets out the other. Before he can do anything else, I run up the street to my building. The floodlight bursts into life and I hear him tear off down the street and around the corner. I let myself in and head upstairs. My boyfriend is already home and has the audacity to ask me where the hell I've been. Let's just say the conversation that followed wasn't pretty and I got accused of cheating and punished for my actions. Crazy thing is, it took me years to find the strength to leave my abusive ex, yet confronted by a sex pest in a locked cab, I was perfectly fine telling him where to go. The logic of this still baffles me.